It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Welcome to a 2020 edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I'm here with Matt streaming live we're not streaming live we're recording and then i'm going to carefully cut out all of the bad bits to make it sound like one seamless um piece of content uh matt happy new year happy new year mate 2020 2020 i mean let's talk about christmas first um you got what you wanted Mikael Arteta. you've been banging that drum for years not as loudly as you but uh uh you know, it's uh, after after a year of Unai Emery uh, to, to to get uh, Mikel Arteta at the end and to see the immediate impact he's having. It was probably the best Christmas present I could ever have asked for. Yeah, I mean, it it was it was almost poetic that I I went back and he's I saw his first game on on you know I wasn't there because it was um it was it was away but his first home game. I turned up. We lost in typically Arsenal fashion, uh, but I was there for the second one, the Man United game. My God, uh, did it feel good to be in an Emirates stadium that was absolutely pumping? So um, that was exciting. So the, the the atmosphere looked amazing on the TV. Was it was it as good as it, is it was it as good to be there as it looked on TV? Yeah, it it it, 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 it genuinely incredible. And I couldn't work out. I was like, am I just enjoying this because you know I feel like I've I've put my neck on the line um, for this and if it goes to shit um, while I'm here I'm going to feel really bad but I, I, I don't think it was I think that Arsenal fans 
Um, Arsenal fans have been widely derided as this toxic bunch of people that have ousted um, that you know legendary manager Arsene Wenger, ousted three-time Europa League winner Unai Emery. Um, like we've gone from being the softest fans to the most, uh, you know, to, to to the worst in Europe. Um, and I was I was wondering whether we'd give Arteta a chance because I started to half believe it. But like honestly, fans fans just react to what they see on the pitch. Um, even in the Chelsea game, well, I, th- I think actually, like you know, if we if we start um, if we start on the Bournemouth game, you know, we saw an immediate reaction, didn't we? I mean, I don't know what you thought of the effort levels. Yeah, yeah, we definitely saw more. I mean, I think it's interesting to look at um, the Freddie Lundberg period of time as well, because what was so scary about those five games, five games that Freddie took over for? Yeah. uh, What was so scary about them was that he couldn't change anything. (laughs) No. And... And you began to wonder whether we would just had a really shit squad and there was actually nothing we could do and we were just basically doomed for, you know, a, the slow descent into, or fast descent into mediocrity and, and that was it, we were done. And we were going to lose our better players and it was just, you know, there was no good news to be had. And, you know, let's just not forget when Freddie first got the job, people were saying, oh, well, you know, if a guy does... Has, has some good games, he could be in the running for the job. Um, and it just shows that it's not as easy as you think it is because uh, he couldn't get anything out of the players. I mean, there were the, uh, the, but there were so many bad arguments about why Freddie should get the job. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of Arsenal just fans just feel like if you've got a past of playing football and you look good in a suit that that's that's good enough but you know I I, I wrote quite you know wrote quite a bit about it before the game like Freddie Lindbergh is not regarded as a, a, as a great coach and you know people throwing up this argument where they were saying well if if Arteta can get the job why can't Freddie and it's like well you know you're you're assuming the like the two young coaches are exactly the same because they're young you know, look at the education that they've got. Look at, um, you know, you, you obviously can't look at the at the passion behind the scenes and the dedication and the obsession. Um, but Freddie Lumber was just never cut out for the job. But what I, 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 I too was a little bit worried because there wasn't, you know, you saw Duncan Ferguson took over and got an immediate reaction from the players. And, yeah. uh, and if anything, things started to regress under Freddie. Yeah, yeah, and... Um... Yeah, it was it was it was really really worrying, and and I just feared for feared for the worst. And the Bournemouth game, we began to see more intensity. Um, you know, we were we looked interested. We had had our chances, um, and obviously he he barely had any time to prepare for that. Um, but the Chelsea game was really where we began to see what uh, what what the future could look like. I mean, I sort of go. The Bournemouth game was a little bit like was just better than Emery. Uh, the Chelsea game was sort of it was almost like peak Wenger, wasn't it? It was play some really good football and then just absolutely chuck it in the bin at the end. It was a bit. Uh, it, it, it was. Uh, it was. It was good old fashioned glorious failure. Yeah, and then and then the United game was <coughs> the future. Was the future, and it was just a little inkling about. You know that things might just all be okay after all, and it's just the intensity is so good to see. And 
Look, we're all sentimental people. Seeing Meza, seeing the ah, oh, it was joyful. It was so great, wasn't it? So it felt like we went, it felt like we went back a couple of years and just, you know, we didn't even we didn't get to glory years, but we got to like when we at least got top four. <laughs> so a few the. I want to talk about like a, a few of the themes that definitely came through um, for me. Fans was definitely one of them, but the 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 key thing the, that we learned that I think most of us knew, but it's it, it definitely set in with a lot of fans. Players are coachable, and I think that um, I, I, I said before um, before Arteta started, you know, there's going to be one young player that he focuses on that he brings through that we're all going to get excited about, and I thought there'd be one senior player that we would see an immediate impact with um, and there'd be a shock <clears throat> I think the uh, the shock initially was that he didn't play Nicolas Pepe um, yeah. but the, the 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 one senior player that he would turn around I mean it, it's turned into three right I mean he's he's it's, uh, it's, it's Ozil Meza Ozil it, it's it's Xhaka yeah it's Torreira oh no four, yeah sorry David Luiz and David well. Luiz and, and and what's so great about it is it's really the the whole spine, you know. Uh, but so he's, he's made an immediate impact on four players, and midfield, our midfield looked terrible uh, coming into those games. So to so to, so to dominate in midfield was so welcome, and you know, Guendouzi, I love him, but. I don't think he's ready to be starting games at the moment, and and we need Jacker and Torreira to uh, to do the business in the middle of the park for right for now. Yeah, and the, the we were talking about Torreira in October, and I think most fans really wanted Torreira to come good because he was a, a defensive midfielder, bought for a very specific role, and we'd all seen the videos. You know, we we, we know that Uruguayans aren't meek characters on the pitch but uh, Emery really butchered him and I think when he tried you know probably the worst thing that he did at Arsenal was when he tried to move him into <coughs> sorry excuse me <coughs> into a more advanced position um and completely ruined his confidence but I I did have a moment in October where I was where I started to think to myself maybe he's just not suited to the league maybe he's a bit slow maybe he's a bit small uh, and maybe he's not going to be able to do it but the turnaround the turnaround in three games has been absolutely staggering. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Now he's, he's got, back. Now he's got a system. Now he's got a bit of organisation. And now he's had... It's almost like that arm around the shoulder uh, job on Torreira. I mean, t- like, Torreira was the only one that didn't say goodbye to Emery. I don't know if you yeah. saw the, uh, the the post interview that Emery did. But he said he was the only one that didn't go in. He's been angling for a move. His agent's been causing all sorts of trouble behind the scenes. And uh, but 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 now he's a player rejuvenated. He looks like you know he looks like the best defensive midfielder in the Premier League. And let's not forget that he looked like that when we beat Spurs four two last year, last November or whatever it was. And uh, so it's just bizarre that what happened to him. I don't understand why it happened. Uh, but even Freddie didn't didn't correct it. Freddie didn't come in and go right. You're back in. You're playing in this place. So. There was clearly some some issue, but Arteta has done exactly what we all said needed to be done and, and put him in. Um, but da- David Luiz, David Luiz, like David Luiz looks like a, a fifty million pound centre back right now. When when um I don't know whether you caught uh, I don't know whether it was caught on the cameras, 
Um, but we were, we, you know, we were behind the goal for the like. Uh, Burn Leno was in our area for the first half because we were in the North Bank, and um, David Luiz was fist pumping, uh, like good transitions in play. He like literally fist pumping other people making good passes. It was phenomenal. Like he loved. He, like he looked like an absolute warrior on the pitch. Like and, and, and you know this this is a guy that literally made, what like made four or five mistakes in his first eight games, and uh, and and now he's marshalling the defence. I was uh, just talking with some uh, friends about um, Luis and just like looking at his attitude on the pitch and some of the things that he's been saying after about um, Arteta. You wonder whether he might have half an eye on you know becoming a coach, um, maybe with Arsenal at some point because. That, you know, this is a player that regularly, you know, has regularly downed managers in the past. Didn't have to back Arteta, and he's like fully, fully immersed in this. And I wonder whether he sees the potential for him to, you know, be that type of guy and, and you know, get a big job early on in his career. I don't think it's that cynical. I think Louise is not a. He's either all in or all out. You know, he's one of those players, isn't he? And uh, we sort of know that because you have some amazing ups with him and you have some terrible lows with him. And I think we brought him in and the whole club was in decline and that was not a good place for him to be in. Um, but, you know, he obviously is feeling feeling the Mikel magic. And, uh, it's again, it's great to see. And we've got to keep... We've got to, we can't base all this off a game or two. We've got to see whether he can remain committed and up for it for the whole season and cut the cut the the issues out of his game but the most interesting thing for me is if you saw that game on that team on paper with Ozil, Pepe, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Luis, uh Kolasinac, you'd go fuck me we're going kamikaze we're just like it was like know, a, a Wenger team of old when he used to go for and, it and but what was so great was it was so compact, even with all that talent. And that was the thing that I loved the most because, you know, I could have seen that team winning 5-4, losing 4-0, anything. It could have just been like playing basketball, not football. Well, uh, let's let's get on to the, uh, let's get on to the coaching in, uh, in, in the next oh, we've bit. We haven't even talked about Maitland-Niles. No, we, 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 we're, we'll talk about Maitland-Niles in the coaching bit. Let's talk about um, quick turnarounds. Just uh, like I think the last one before we go into like coaching innovations, uh, Meza Özil. Meza Özil, yeah. the player that they said would wouldn't track, the player that they said wouldn't run, the player that some people and it definitely was never us uh, that they said should be banished from our Isles, sent to China, uh, <laughs> has has a has a fight has a fight with uh, with a Chinese. And he's 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 raring to go on the pitch. What what a ter- what what I mean like if there if like, that's got to be one of the most incredible turnarounds I've seen. And look, I know it's only three games in, but I think there's a few things at play. Firstly, it must be boring uh, not being motivated and and uh, and being hated by the fans. Secondly, he's you know he'll he won't have long left to go on his deal. He's gonna have to find a new club. He's too young to retire. Um, and thirdly, I'm, I'm guessing he's just responded well um, to, to a game plan that he understands and wants to get behind. But, I mean, the, I, I don't know how it looked on the TV because I haven't watched the game back. But in, in the ground, fans were saying, it's fuck, he, he's run more in 10 minutes than he's run in 18 months. No, it's unbelievable. 
Uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, what can you? What can we say? It's it's, uh, it's magic. It's magic. It's, it's it's just done it again, Mikel. And uh, he, he, we've spoken uh, quite a lot about um, EQ or you know human empathy or not being on the spectrum like we think maybe Emery was. Do you think a um, do you think a lot of uh, a lot of the turnaround that we've seen? And look, I know that I'm I'm going. We're all going overboard because it's only three games in. But um, Arteta sounds a bit like a therapist. He constantly says, you know, that he's been saying from day one, you know, I wanna I wanna understand why these things are happening. What's the underlying problem that's causing these behaviours? I want like he's, when he was talking about Jacker, he's like, I, I wanted to find out why he was feeling this way, and you never got that from memory. And I don't know whether that was just because there was a language barrier. I mean, maybe he was doing that behind the scenes, but you never got the feeling that he truly understood the players, the squad, what was going on in the stadium. You couldn't feel it. But if anything has come through with Arteta, it's that he's um, like he 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 feels everything. He talks a lot about energy. Talks a lot about the fans. Talks about the vibes in the squad. Like he really is um, reactive to energy. Do you think that that's been a, a, like something that the player, you know, they've gone from a you know a parent that's ignored them to having somebody that wants to sit down with them and read them a story? Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of you know people talk about active listening a lot. You know, it's it's how can you know what to do if you don't know what the issue is? Uh, and I think the modern day footballer is much more complicated than. Uh, it used to be, you know, you've got all sorts of pressures, you've got social media, you've got, you know, so much more money involved, you've got so much more pressure. Uh, and I think having someone who understands them uh, and listens to them and wants to help them um, and empathizes with, with them is, is, is crucial. And I, the way he's handled the Xhaka thing, it's just it's been masterful. Masterful because he's basically gone. Uh, we are, uh, we're, we're behind you. Uh, we don't want you to go. We believe in you, um, but not in the Emery. He, I, I, I can't even put my finger on it. It's just something about the way he's done it that I've just been very impressed by. It's been it's been amazing, and so I think those are the four biggest turnarounds. I mean, it, it, it goes without saying that uh, Aubameyang um, could have been very uninterested. Certainly looked uninterested during the Freddie rain. I thought he played really well. I think Lacazette is playing through um, a bad period. Um, but I want to I want to I want to stop lavishing praise on getting professional athletes to to turn in a shift. I want to focus on um, coaching innovations. Because I always get really jealous when I see a, a Thomas Tuchel video, uh, you know, where he's doing some crazy thing with a player, or you see Pep Guardiola putting a goalkeeper as a striker, and everybody purring over these coaching innovations. And there was a lot of press um, about uh, Arteta being an innovator, and I, I wrote a lot about it because I'd heard that um, I'd heard that you know, like behind the scenes at City, he was um, he was doing incredible things. Um, we've already seen 
some pretty exciting innovations. And, you know, we didn't go too into detail about Granite Jacker, but Granite Jacker is probably one of the most derided players of the, of the, of the last decade. Um, you know, disappointing. He makes lots of mistakes, ill-disciplined, told the fans to fuck off. I definitely thought that if anybody was going to be out the door, anybody was unrescuable, it was him. And Arteta immediately started the charm offensive and apparently upset Jacker because um, he wanted to leave the club. And then we see him come in in the Man United game into this, uh, into this false number three position, or I think they call it a fake three. And you're like, my God, Arteta's come in and he's solved, he solved the problem of Jacka um, not being able to deal with pressure. Uh, he solved the problem of Kalasanak um, not s- sitting back and defending. And he's, he's worked to the players' strengths because Granite Jacka could distribute the ball without any pressure, which caused all sorts of problems for Bournemouth when it first happened, but also caused problems for Man United because um, if they... If I, I think it was, um, I think it was Daniel James. If he if he pressed Jacker, Kalasanak gets in behind him, and if he sits back, Granite Jacker starts picking out long ball passes. And I think um, Jacker and uh, David Luiz had a field day with the long balls because Man United's midfield just didn't know what to do with them. I mean, like, what was um, what what was your take on on the Jacker performance? I mean, d- d- did you expect it? Look, I think. I've always thought that the criticism of Xhaka is over the top. Um, I think he became a lightning rod for Emery. You know, the reality is, you know, he shouldn't have been playing every game. Um, He was left woefully exposed by the lack of a structure or a system that just basically made it calamitous. But I don't know any player who could have succeeded in that system. There wasn't a system. It was just a huge acre of space between defence and midfield um, so um, yeah it's um, it's it was uh, it was really quite something and um, and you know he seems to have he seems to have solved the problem but look Xhaka's issue is concentration and if he'd made a calamitous mistake in the Man United game then we wouldn't be saying all these nice things so um uh, we will, the jury is going to be out. Let's see what he can do over the next 10 games. I'm, I'm not quite prepared to jump on that. Everything is wonderful with Granite Xhaka bandwagon quite yet. Yeah, but I think the point is that he's created an environment where Xhaka can thrive. You know, He's created a safe space for him on the pitch where he's not going to be... Um, like involved in in, in a press, you know, in a heavy press, getting beasted all game, uh, and he's he's created an, a structure built around the strengths of players, which I think is um, which I think is something that we've lacked for years. I mean, Unai Emery really <laughs> didn't improve anybody, and then uh, you're, you're seeing Granite Jacker getting uh, the opportunity to dictate play from uh, from a fullback position, and then the other uh, player who gets a lot of criticism. Um, which I would also say is unfair, is Maitland-Niles. Um, and, you know, Maitland-Niles doesn't like playing at a fullback, but he's been playing there for the best part, you know, two, three years now. Uh, so it's hard to say that he's not a fullback. But, you know, he, he likes access to midfield. And Arteta has created a, an inverted fullback position for him where he moves up into midfield and then helps us um, track runners on counter-attacks. 
and, 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 and gives him a bit more access to a position that he likes. So again, like a, a, another master stroke um, created. What do you what do you think the future holds for Maitland Niles? Are you um, are you as skeptical there, or do you think that actually this kind of suits him? Well, I think we're going to have to see again. I mean, I think the interesting thing is how how clearly he's been able to communicate these positional changes to the players, and how quickly they've been able to grasp them. Whether they whether it can work long term or make mistakes or they're the players for the jobs is almost less important in a way, and I'm just sort of staggered that they've all managed to to do it because <laughs> in our minds we've got a bunch of technically tactically inept you know footballers who don't understand in game management aren't aren't intelligent footballers, uh, and Arteta is sort of seeking to debunk that, and um, and it really is. Uh, great to see that that that, that we're able to, to do that, and this is without a extensive preseason. You know, you sort of go, what are they going to be like if they get six weeks with this guy? He's, they're going to be unstoppable. It's the next Invincibles. Oh, I know, I know. It's um, it's phenomenal to be able to achieve so much in such a short space of time, which shows I that mean, what, at the very least we've been signing intelligent players, which I don't think we believed we had done. Exactly, exactly. One of the other things is. Do we think this is Manchester City light, or do we think this is, um, you know, using his own belief systems around the players we've got? Because it's easy to say that a lot of these are Pep's tricks, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I love Arteta, but I, I don't think I could sit here with a straight face and say that he hasn't been inspired by. Uh, Pep Guardiola's magic, um, and but I, I think the interesting thing that we're going to have to see is you know he's not going to be able to afford the sort of talent that um, Pep Guardiola's had uh, his disposal. So he's going to have to innovate somewhere. There's going to have to be some sort of sacrifice um, along the way. But I think Arteta is an is an innovator. I think that you know we've already seen that he's a he's a coach. He's got a very clear vision of where he wants to take the football. He wants to be possession based. And I think his game will develop, but I think the first um, the first six or seven months now is basically a preseason. Like we, we, I don't think there's a lot to gain this season apart from potentially winning the Europa League. And I think he's just going to set the foundations. He's going to work out which players need to stay, which players need to go. He's going to work out which of the kids um, have got a future. And I think he's going to um, work towards like hitting the ground running next year, where you know United could still be in turmoil. Uh, Manchester City could lose Pep, um, and you know you don't know where Spurs will be at all. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I, it, I did wonder whether there was a little bit of uh, bloody hell. I wondered whether there was a little bit of. Uh, you know, I wonder whether he'd been a little bit inspired by Klopp and the, just the pure intensity of it. It felt Liverpool esque in the way that they hunted in packs. Uh, Maybe that was just me hoping that somehow we've got <laughs> the combination of Klopp and Guardiola and Arteta, but there did seem something about the hunger and relentlessness that felt... Because uh, Manchester City is often all about composure, I always feel. And this was, you know, even more than that. Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think what I was most impressed with is uh, like me as a complete layman. I, I looked at the team and I was like, "Well, he's going to have to come in Kevin Keegan esque, and it's going to ha- he's going to have to outscore people." 
actually what it, it looks like he's done is it, it, he's focused on um, on building out a, a very solid foundation. I think you, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, that the, the greatest coaching innovation that we've seen in this Arsenal squad is, number one, teaching them how to be um, compact uh, without the ball. Number two, yeah. teaching them to get the ball back really quickly. There's that great video of Arsenal moving the ball up the pitch, Manchester City-esque, losing the ball, Arsenal-esque, and then watching the players attack in packs and pull it back and then sort of recycle the ball um, up the pitch. So for for us to have um, clicked defensively with, uh, w- without a real defence as well, I mean, you know... Um, we didn't have fullbacks for the first two games, and Kalasanak is our, our our second left back and not really much of a defender. So for us to contain a, a Manchester United who only three four weeks ago um, made Manchester City look old. I mean, people were writing up after they were saying Manchester City look like they need a squad refresh because this United team looks young. Um, hungry and powerful and they ripped them apart for us to contain um, that United side um, for the full 90 minutes was nothing short of phenomenal so um, I think concerns that you know that you can only play pet football with you know, 400 million bankrolling you like, I'm hoping that you know he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve to get around the fact that he won't have the absolute quality that the other teams have because he's not coming here just to sit fourth um, every year I think he's coming here because he thinks that he can win the league in three or four years' time. And welcome back to the next part of the Arsenal Opinion podcast. Um, we've just talked about turnaround players. We've talked about the coaching innovations. Uh, but we are in January. And January is a transfer window uh, that we're all very excited about because Arteta has come out and he said Arsenal are, in fact, in the market. Matt, what the fuck's he going to do? It looks like he's managed to convince Jacker to stay. Uh, Obama Yang came out yesterday and said the English press talk too much and he's unlikely to leave. Seems that everybody wants to hang around to, um, to see what the future holds. Uh, so with that in mind and all these turnaround projects... It's kind of difficult to track where um, you know where we need to be as a club. But one thing is for sure, uh, Callum Chambers is out for the foreseeable. Unfortunately, Danny's ACL. Um, where do you see the the biggest needs for Arsenal when it comes to recruitment? Well, um, I think it, it really depends on which way you look at it. Because the obvious thing to say is defence and midfield, because we lacked any sort of defensive solidity um, until the last game. So um, there's definitely work to be done there. Um, But then we've also got the issue of, you know, we've got a lot of injuries and what do you do when they all come back? Um, But I think, you know, I think defence is definitely something that that will need to be considered. But at the other end, you've got Aubameyang and you've got Lacazette who have both not signed new deals. And so we have to prepare ourselves that we may need one or two replacement strikers uh, come the summer. So it could well be that he wants to bring someone in now who can just uh, bed in. Um, but we, we've got we've really got no idea, and we've got no real idea of what type of player Arteta is, considers to be the profile of Arsenal. Um, and I think that's going to be one of the most exciting things. You know, there's been all the rumours about 
Boateng or Umtiti or all these different players and you're like, are we going for older players? Are we going for younger players? Are we going for athletic players? Are we going for technical players? We've really got no idea. So as soon as we see some players coming in, it's going to be um, really interesting to, uh, to to see what happens. I've, I'm, I'm just so excited. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the, the, the profile of player is going to be interesting. It's also going to be uh, fascinating to see what sort of players are going to be in the market. I mean, there's this horrible rumour going around at the moment that we're potentially in for um, Jerome Boateng. Uh, it started off the day saying that Bayern wanted 12 million for him. It's now it's now down to They'll zero. They'll give him away. They'll give him yeah. away. So I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that he's the sort of player that we want. And also feel like Arsenal have been burned um, a few times in the January transfer window. I mean, the, the same summer, uh, the same January that we signed Aubameyang, um, we also brought in uh, Maripanos, who doesn't seem to have made much of a dent uh, on anything. And we also signed Mkhitaryan, who um, the latest is the... Uh, 10 million. 10 million. Roma have come in and we've said no, uh, which, is, which is worrying. <laughs> Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. But, but I mean, the I, funny thing is, I've heard people going, imagine what Arteta could do with the guitarian. You'll turn him into Messi. Yeah, I know, I know. I, well, that was that was my concern with the initial rejection of the bid. Like, it has the bid been rejected because we're just negotiating and, you know, we're, if we can get a 10 million bid, then maybe we can get a 20 million bid. Or is he, uh, like, is Arteta looking at the potential creative output of, of a player who nobody could really get anything out of over the last few years and seeing an opportunity there. Hopefully, we're just going to move him on and we're looking for the highest price. But I think one thing is clear. We definitely, definitely need a centre-back. Um, well, we've got... Um, we've got we, we definitely do. I mean, the one, the couple of things. One is, I'm really excited to see what he can do with Danny Ceballos um because there is no doubt that there is some talent looking in that boy and that performance in the first game of the season or second game of the season where he ran the game was one of the best performances of the season um so you hope with a proper system and a proper coach we can see more performances like that and that could be having someone like that in the team for the second half of the season can only be a good thing um, on on the window, I sort of wonder because Arteta's sort of got a free pass at it. You know, he joined, he picked up the team four points above the relegation zone. I think if he's smart, he doesn't have to rush into signings if they're not exactly what he wants in January. No one's going to coat him off if he doesn't get top four this year or even Europa. So, you know, a bit of patience is not necessarily uh, a bad thing. And if he can pick up something better in, in in the summer and more aligned with what he wants, I don't think he necessarily needs to, to jump in into to something. But obviously, we've got sparse options at centre-half and uh, they're not going to get us through the season. So we, we probably are going to need something. Uh, there was rumours of Saliba coming in early, but I think he's injured. Um, but yeah, we'll see. What do you, what do you think, Pete? I think that I think that he's going to move for a centre back. The uh, the upper Meccano or Upper Meccano, I don't know how you say. It. Yeah. Um, I think Upper Meccano is um, is an interesting player. He's only twenty one years old. Um, you know, he's had a, a couple of good seasons um, with Leipzig. I, I I worried that he had a bad knee injury, but apparently I was incorrect um, because uh, I went back and um, 
redid the data. I didn't go back and redo the data. I was told on Twitter that was incorrect. Um, but he's, you know, he's 21 years old. He's played in, in, in under Nagelsmann, um, and uh, the, you know, the season before, uh, I forget the, I forget the guy's name who runs the whole of the Leipzig uh, football in operation. But he knows how to play in a tactical system. He's used to pressing. Um, I, I think he's a good passer of the ball. There are question marks over his defensive capabilities, but you know RB Leipzig are not all the way up the table because of uh, because it, you know because he's a bad player. So and he's only got eighteen months left to run on his deal. So there's um, potential there, but I don't know whether the rumor was quashed. But Umtiti sitting in the stands now. I, 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 my concern with Umtiti is I don't really like any deal where Raúl goes back to his old club um, for favors. I mean, this time last year we signed Denis Suarez. And he was an absolute disaster. Hardly got a game. That didn't look very good for Raul. Going back um, for a player that's only had seven games this season with um, uh, a very dodgy knee. Doesn't sound like a great idea, but ultimately he is a World Cup winner. Um, You know, the quality is there if we can keep him fit. Uh, And if it's only a loan deal and and the price isn't too outrageous, then I I could see that being um, an interesting one. I also wonder whether, um, uh, you know, Arteta did a lot of scouting for uh, for Pep Guardiola in his in his first season. He's a football obsessive. I wonder if Arteta's got any ideas of players that he likes in and around the league. Um, but I, I think if, if uh, I'm, I'm completely with you, I really don't want us um, investing what little money we do have in a mistake. So. Uh, from a defensive perspective, I'd I, I'd hope that um, that we've actually got a good plan, or or maybe we just use um, use a loan deal really well. Yeah, because I mean, we're basically down to Luis and Socrates, and holding holding is sort of half fit, isn't he? He's he's not injured; he's just struggling, yeah, he's coming back into contention. I think we should have um, I think we should have holding, and Socrates is obviously back, so we will have three um, three centre backs to choose from. And what do you what do you think about um, defensive midfield? I think that we've we've all been looking at players like Indidi and wishing that we had that sort of power and aggression in the middle of the park. Do you think there's a? Do you think Torreira has maybe eased that concern, or do you think that we still lack in that centre midfield? I think he's eased the concern, but um, he's not. Uh, we're gonna need we're gonna need more in midfield. If we're going to run games, um, but then you look at what Klopp has done. When you look at those players in the midfield, and you're like, "Oh, they're so good!" You know, it's like Henderson and Milner and people like that. Um, so sometimes you can be more than the sum of your parts. Um, but I, I don't think that's that's quite as urgent. And I'm excited to see what he can do with Gwendozi because I do love Gwendozi, but he's he, he goes from hero to zero. You know, every seven days, basically, which is youth. But you know, it's time to shape up under the new regime. Yeah, I mean, I've I'm, I've been hearing rumblings about um, Guendouzi for for a bit. Like, um, there's there there were there were some rumours doing the rounds on the internet that Arsenal might consider selling him, and uh, there were. I think that's nonsense, isn't it? Well. Not 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 so fast. There were also stories that he got told off in the warm up because he wasn't intense enough in the warm up for the <laughs> for the United game. And I've also heard that you know he his attitude isn't exactly spot on, and uh, some of the values uh, that he has 
don't really matter back to Arsenal. So I, I'm hoping that it's just the fact, you know, he's 20 years old. He's earning 70 grand a week. He's got a Instagram babe model for a girlfriend. He's probably loving the, the London high life, uh, buying all those fancy clothes. And I'm hoping that he can be turned around because if, uh, if, if his attitude isn't right, uh, he's he's at a good he, he's at a good stage of his career where he could probably get a 50 60 million pound move to uh, you know a PSG type like club in the summer so i would be uh, if if there is one shock signing uh, one one shocking player that might leave and probably not in january but don't be surprised to see uh, Gwendozi moved out um, at some point if he doesn't buck his ideas up but it's interesting. Like he, he he's looked so good sometimes, but he just hasn't really improved his output, has he? I mean, he's not. Um, he's well, I mean, he's a bit, he's a bit like Flamini, but t- you know. it was only it was, it was only ten games ago that he was running the game and dragging us single handedly into the North London back into the North London derby. So, look, I think it's we're fickle as football fans, you know, and um, and and he is every single player has been a victim of. Unai Emery. <laughs> it's yeah. the opposite of Arteta. He made everyone shitter. Everyone. Uh, like, who got better under Emery? Yeah, no ab- absolutely no one. I thought that... And, the... <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, and, and when you're young, you're at an even more of a disadvantage because you don't even have a body of experience to draw upon. So, you know, I just pitied any youngster who had to come into that shit show of a team under that shit show of a manager. Um, you know, I mean, there's one guy we haven't talked about either who played two of the games, which is Saka, at left-back. I mean... I actually guy, thought he looked better at left-back than he did as a, as a winger. The guy was outstanding. Uh, you know, not great ball at the end, but, uh, you know, and then and then we also haven't talked about, you know, the Reese Nelson move is an interesting... He's obviously likes a bit of Reese, doesn't he? Right, yeah, I mean, it's a, it, he he went straight over to him uh, after the Bournemouth game, and, yeah. uh, and, and 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 opted for him over Pepe. And people people are saying that he likes his work rate more than Pepe. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I was was wondering about that. Like, is it like the work rate, or is it, does he like the uh, Nelson is so direct? I think Nelson will do exactly what he's fucking told. Um, that was the sense I got. He, he wants to play. He's just going to follow orders. Um, but I think what he saw from Pepe is he provoked a reaction, didn't he? He didn't play him for two games. He got every the whole squad g'd up and amped up, and Pepe just wanted to be out there. And what became clear, and um, what is so masterful about Mikel Arteta from what we've seen is he knows he's like he's like Sir Alex Ferguson. In that, and I know the hyperbole is really coming out tonight. We're comparing him. Let's <laughs> with... <laughs> just do it while we're while, while it's still fun. But he knows the players who need an arm round the shoulder, like Granite Xhaka, and he knows the players who need a kick up the arse, like Pepe. And sometimes I got the feeling that Unai Emery just got everything the wrong way around. You know, the players who needed a kick up the arse, uh, he put his arm round their shoulder. And, and vice versa. So it, it bodes well. It bodes really well. Because Pepe came back and absolutely... Pepe was a monster. He was. He was. And he just got, you know, hit the post, got an assist, scored a goal, went off on 60, 100% pass completion, 
made Luke Shaw look terrible. Yeah, I like that the... Um... Uh, th- th- I was w- watching one of the tactical roundups, and they were saying that uh, they were pointing out that Meza Özil and Pepe were um, were doubling up on um, on Luke Shaw all night because he had no support. Luke Shaw, yeah. like when you when you see him in the flesh, I mean, I know he looks bad on TV, but you're like, wow, that is a that is a footballer who does not look in shape. But yeah. but back to uh, Pepe, a lot of a lot of people com- comparing him to Meza Özil with some of the sort of passes that he makes. But you know uh, you know I, I kept on thinking when I was watching the other night. Really, you remember when you used to watch um, Carnu? Yeah. He just had this languid sort of I don't know, like a very sort of unique way of like moving uh, and creating yeah. space for himself. And I was watching Pepe, and he he's not a normal athlete. He really is. No. He kind of like slinks in and out and he does these weird things with his body. And you can't quite work out what's going on, but he's really difficult to judge. You're like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but like, you know, he had, he had Man United and all sorts of problems there or not. I think that's a great comparison. He's the new Carno. He is a new Carno. He's a new Carno. So um, we've got the FA Cup on Monday and we've got uh, Mar- Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds. My uncle is a Leeds fan. Um, he, he said that uh, when he watched Arsenal, he said it, um, the last three games, he said it very much reminded him of uh, Bielsa. So it's because Bielsa can, uh, yeah. is doing a lot with a little, um, with with that squad that he's got there. But I think Leeds are nine points clear um, of the chasing pack. So they'll get promoted if they carry on this way. Um, they have a very slim squad, Eddie and Ketia has just uh, been recalled from his loan period. Leeds only have one striker. I can't see Leeds going with a strong lineup, and I, I can't see Arsenal. I can't see Arteta risking any more bad injuries after the last three games and the effort that's been put in. What do you think? Are we just going to go with the second string? I think we'll go with the second string, and but I think the second string will be amped up because I think Mikel Arteta would have told them all, if any one of you can break into the first team. It's a, it's a it's a clean slate, and if you put in a stormer against Leeds, you're going to be in the first team the following game. Uh, and I think players like Smith Rowe, uh, it's another going to be another great opportunity for Saka. Maybe John Jules finds the bench. Maybe John Jules. I don't know if Bellerin is back. Um, you know, a few question marks around him at the moment. I know they've been heavily linked to Max Aaron's um, over at Norwich. Yeah, I mean, we've got we've got Niles. Why would we need him? Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's just so great to be looking forward to the games again. Looking at the schedule, I was in mourning for twelve months. Yeah, and you know the the thing that I'm I'm excited about now is it's nice to have a it's nice to have a coach in charge um, that gets the club, gets the players, gets the fans, and you know the excitement that goes with the game. But to know that. Whoever's in the squad, uh, they're going to get the best. They're going to get the best opportunity possible. Then there's going to be uh, there's going to be no doubt if Guendozi ends up leaving in the summer, it's because he wasn't right. It's going to be no doubt that if Martinelli doesn't make it, it's not because of um, a lack of coaching. And I love the little squad of um, assistants that he's built around him. You know, like very unassuming names. He didn't go with uh, like a real, you know, uh, like a real big name assistant manager. He just hired coaches that he thinks um, that that he admires. 
So I'm excited to know that the the full potential of this squad will be realised, and hopefully Edu is the guy pulling the strings with players like Martinelli, and we get more Martinellis into the, into the squad um, yeah. this summer. And you know, we I, I I suspect there'll be five or six big names that leave in the summer, and I hope that yeah. we rejuvenate the squad with young, exciting players that are built for the future. And then we've got like a, a bit of a Dortmund plus because you know you you, you watch. Um, Harland signing for Dortmund. Why is he signing yeah. for Dortmund? Because he knows he's going to get great coaching and he's going to get good opportunities. Well, like, why can't we be a destination for Harland? And hopefully yeah. we can with a, an exciting manager like Arteta. I'm bloody excited, mate. Same here. Okay, Matt. Well, thank you for joining me at uh, late notice. Um, we might be back on uh, on Monday or Tuesday morning. Yeah. Uh, to 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 talk over what happened in the Leeds game. Uh, but until then, enjoy your weekend and uh, we'll speak soon. Ciao for now. Ciao for now. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats the office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.